0: Theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time hopping adventures, spawning novels, comics, and a fan base that has clamored for decades for a revival. Now, with Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett starring in a new version of the series that dangles just as many new threads as it does old ones. We'll ball the string up and explore the revival and the ways in which Quantum Leap has always entertained and inspired us, here on, oh boy.
1: Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap Podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a co-host we can all see and hear. It's Brian Martin. Hello, everybody. Lovely to be here. We can hear you this week. Yes. Please forgive our technical difficulties. Oh, we had technical difficulties, auto
0: difficulties, dog difficulties. (laughs) Every kind of difficulty under the sun
1: plagued me last week. Right. Well, how is the dog? By the way, an emergency vet visit precluded us from recording two weeks ago. Yes, the dog injured
0: her back. Oh man, and is on meds, but that has not stopped her from jumping and running and doing all the things the vet said specifically not to do. So
1: right, tell her not to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. So apologies to anybody that's just clamoring for our take on Quantum Leap every week, but uh, we're gonna do a double header. This week, see if we can't capture both episodes from the prior two Mondays, and there's a lot to cover. You know,
0: I'll tell you, Nate, I was really looking forward to last week, to talking about Ben's song for the defense. Uh Uh-huh. For a couple of reasons, honestly. Mostly because I cannot wait to hear what you thought of this hour. Because, one, it really begs comparisons to what I think is still our shared least favorite episode of the show so far. Paging Dr. Song. Paging Dr. Song, yeah. This is a very similar episode, I think. Right. But in the very last episode we did, we talked about one of the great strengths of SOS was that every member of the team had agency. Right. Mm -hmm. And every member was utilized to their full potential. And this week gave Jen a far larger role (laughs) than she's enjoyed thus far. Yeah. So so somebody who really disliked paging Dr. Song. Right. And hasn't quite found the love of Jen In this series yet, I've been very, very antsy to talk to you about this episode.
1: You know, it's got hits, it's got misses, but I think all in all, we're kind of on a roll. You feel the same way? I do. I think the show has found its footing, and I
0: do compare this episode to Paging Dr. Song, but I think what Paging Dr. Song gets wrong, this episode gets right. Ben Song for the Defense... Manages to use a bunch of unrelated elements and balls them together into this really nice resolution where everything has a little payoff and nothing is given too much credence over the main plot of the episode. So I think Ben Song for the Defense works a lot better than paging Dr. Song.
1: Right. Well, let's start there. Who accepted a nudge that week? So the year is 1985. And believe me when I say...
0: It was not easy to figure that out. I have multiple notes, starting with the Commodore song that plays in the apartment. So that song was released in eighty four, eighty five.
1: They don't specifically say what year it is this time? They
0: do, but it takes a very long time. Okay. And so I was sitting there half the episode trying to piece together what year it was.
1: I just remember the shoulder pads he was wearing. Shoulder pads,
0: there was the Commodore's song, there's a biker in this episode who's trying to get his bike out of an impound lot so he can take part in an AIDS charity bike ride. That's right. Definitely the mid-80s. Eventually, Ian finds a news clipping that is from 10 years after this episode takes place. 1996.
1: Jeez, making us do math.
0: It was a lot of gymnastics to get there. (laughs) But anyway, the year is 1985. And Ben finds himself leaping into an active courtroom, which is Mm -hmm. evidently something that sucks uh, when you're not a trained lawyer. Aleda Ramirez is a public defender. That Ben has leaped into. She is taking a lot of cases for people, obviously as a public defender does, that, that can't represent themselves in court. Mm-hmm. Currently has 183 open cases. And you know this because Ben is being tossed about the courthouse from one courtroom to the next, yep. to the next, the next, having to defend one hooligan or another. And you'd think with 183 open cases, Alayda obviously doesn't have time for a relationship.
1: Or does she? Or does she?
0: <laughs> She's actually getting her sweet, sweet jurisprudence on with ADA Vicki Davis, who, working with an associate, Bill Barnes, also an ADA, are the team that is prosecuting one of Alayda's clients. Camilo Diaz, who is a man that is on trial for murder unjustly, but ADA Barnes in particular does not seem to care about this. And Ben is there to save not just Camilo, but also Camilo's younger brother, a target for gang membership, Mm -hmm. currently pushing drugs on a street corner. And if Camilo goes to prison, his brother will be dead within 10 years.
1: Again, like I say, I feel like we're on a roll. This was a good episode because i really do feel the character is stretched very thin right yes and somehow it balances better as a singular issue than the doctor episode did and you know what i think is part of that in the doctor episode for those
0: who don't recall there was a train crash mm-hmm. and the victims that ben was working with had all been involved in that train crash and it was a very heavy episode now, in that episode, there were at least three plot lines going on simultaneously, yeah, right? right? In this episode, there are also three specific cases that the episode keeps coming back to. The primary one is the Camilo Diaz case, right? right. Which is the kid on trial for murder. There's another one about the biker I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. His name is Stuart. Which, if I've ever heard a name for a biker, <laughs> it's gotta be Stuart. Yeah. Who is trying to get his bike out of an impound lot. And then there is the person who she is sitting next to in the courtroom when Ben leaps in. Right. And his name is Tyler. He has a girlfriend that is also a minor character. The point is, mm-hmm. the, the Stuart and the Tyler storylines are largely played for laughs. And they are amusing characters. Yeah. Which takes a little bit of the heat off of the primary storyline that is very life or death for this family, right? Right. I think that's the first area where this episode improves over the formula from paging Dr. Saul.
1: You like removing the heaviness of a courtroom drama about murder? <laughs> I think you got to
0: decompress a little bit.
1: Maybe. And Tyler, in particular,
0: is like a Chris Rock character. Frenzied goofball, you know this guy's going to keep showing up in the courtroom probably right. for the next 30 years... On these just minor offenses, but he's just never going to get his stuff together.
1: Well, that was one of the things that I thought might end up being a strike against this episode. Remember, we talked last time we were together about... Boy, I really hope that stinger isn't just a throwaway moment. Right. And it was, but not really. I mean, that wasn't the reason that Ben was there. Right. But the character didn't just disappear. And it became another one of those plates that Ben had to keep spinning in the air. Mm -hmm. I think the difference is... That paging Dr. Song, they were all supposed to tie back together. I think I described it as a Rube Goldberg device at the time. Yeah. Whereas in this episode, we had a singular goal, we knew what the goal was, and the others were sort of obstacles in a sense to that one goal. Right. Having that singular goal is what separates it from the haphazard storytelling that came with that paging Dr. Song mess. There were some gimmicks in this episode as well, but the story was strong enough to carry those gimmicks. Yes, the biggest one being, of course, <laughs> a new oh, the, a new hologram for a Finn. new hologram. Who would have predicted that? Oh like, I my mean, god!
0: I mean, funny thing, the show keeps throwing stuff at us, like "Ooh, Ian's a leaper," and I thought it was pretty clever the way this happened. Just what we said about her last week. She has a deep knowledge of the military of the armed forces. She has a unique perspective uh-huh. that Ben would find useful in this case. This episode we discover that she has no idea what's going on with the legal system, but somebody at the project does. Who could that <laughs> be? Well, it turns out Jen is a self-taught lawyer that basically studied while she was in prison, which is a plot line I don't remember ever being broached on Orange is the New Black, but I'm
1: willing to allow it. I I laughed so hard (laughs) when Magic reached out and said, Jen is also a lawyer. Right. I just thought, oh, my God. What else? Clearly, they came up with that for this episode. Right. They had never had a discussion about no, this. They didn't know that. I bet this is the way it went
0: down. The writers <laughs> are like, guys, the two dopes on that Quantum Leap podcast will not stop bagging on Jen. We got to oh, do yeah. something with her. Why don't we make her a lawyer? Ooh, that's good. But, to their credit, it leads to some really, really cool moments for Jen, for the episode as a whole. We know from the past, this is one thing that they've been very consistent with, that Jen is obviously
1: a big fan of the Back to the Future movies. And as I get into this, I'm going to pour another drink. <laughs> I am uh, drinking straight whiskey tonight, folks. Unrelated to the uh, the episode, per se, <laughs> but as we dig into the notion that Jen is for some reason also a lawyer I think that deserves another swig Uh. we know Jen
0: is a fan of the Back to the Future franchise she drops another allusion to Back to the Future this week when Tyler's girlfriend needs bail money and she just says we got a sports almanac baby just have her go down here make a bet on this horse race and she's gonna make bank and then get the bail money and Ben's like that seems a bit unscrupulous, and Jen's like, you don't do that all the time? What is wrong with you? Yeah. And I have never valued her character more than I did in that moment. This is a counterbalance worth exploring. <laughs> Somebody who is, seems nice enough, but she's more than willing to say, hey, you think anybody's going to miss a few thousand dollars if we just, uh, you know, bet on a race and stash right, the but money? And it's not then...
1: like he can take the money anywhere.
0: Hey, he could bury it. He could... You bury the money. And then Jen just walks out to the yard and and unearths it. Yeah. Hey, baby, you got a side hustle going there. But anyway, (laughs) I really did like the first scene that Jen is in in 1985 when Ben comes out of a bathroom stall and sees Jen just standing there. And he's like, oh, good morning. Yeah, like, no idea who she is, and she's just kind
1: of hanging out.
0: That was such a clever way to sort of introduce the two of them to each other.
1: Because they were in the women's room. Yeah. Yeah, It yeah, could exactly. just be anybody. So, yeah.
0: She was dressed in, I would say, a power outfit. Black,
1: <laughs> leathery kind of number. I was listening back to our last recording, and we were talking a little bit about how Addison's life would have almost certainly changed with the history that she's got, right? And I said, it's not like we're going to have a new hologram next week, but... Blah blah, <laughs> oh. and I thought, oh well, they stick it to me again. Turns uh, out it was exactly like. Yeah, we were exactly. Have a new the next week we're going to have a new hologram. It didn't bother me necessarily, but she was still to me somehow uninteresting.
0: Okay, all right. I
1: know they were trying to do like, here's what Addison is like as the hologram, and we've got to do something to differentiate Jen in that same role. Like the moment where she wants to peek in the legal files of the district attorney and she tries to open the folder and realizes she's a hologram and can't open those. And then she's like, Ben, come over here and look at the, you know, so I, I understand they were doing these things. And but for an episode that utilizes her so much, it feels like maybe it wasn't Jen centric enough. It just felt like sort of a gimmick. I think
0: what you're getting at is that Jen needed more of an emotional buy in for this episode, like more of a character reason to be there.
1: Or at least one that simply developed. Like
0: one of convenience. Like,
1: oh, I can relate to this situation, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, there's none of that. You know, you get that with Addison every once in a while, where she's, this is just like the time I did this. Or right. let them play when you got that moment with Ian, right? Right. Where there's this sort of just revelation. I think the closest you come in this episode is near the end when Jen gets the full dosage of Ben optimism. Right. The quote-unquote speech, and... The show does something really interesting in this that I'm not sure it's ever done.
1: I think before. I know what you're talking like, about. Old
0: school quantum leap or new school quantum leap, and that's that Ben leaps before he ever finds out what happens to anybody.
1: I liked that. I actually have I a note it was about so that. Cool. I yeah, thought, like, that was that was so neat. It just plucked him out when he was done. I do feel like the original series did that a few times. Maybe. As soon as the resolution for the character they were helping was certain, 100% Sam would leap, or in this case, Ben leap. But I did like that. It felt more natural to what Quantum Leap would be like. Because we've talked about they tend to sort of hang around for a little while after the fact so that he can chit-chat with Addison and move forward whatever other dramatic story they have together.
0: Boy, this episode we're talking about right now, and the one we're going to talk about in a little bit, do not do that at all. <laughs> like he is there for as precisely as long as he needs to, I think. It's Team Quantum Leap that is talking about all the good that came from this leap. Right. And that's when Jen hears this is what these people went on to do, and Aleta and Vicky join the innocence project to help people who were wrongly convicted. Mm-hmm. And Jen just it just like the emotions overwhelm her. Yeah. That's the closest it gets to an emotional moment. I think a character like Jen is designed to be sort of steely and impenetrable right. emotionally. And they gave her a moment to just sort of be a human being went somewhere for me. Like I'm not gonna did say it, it went a it long way for, for me. You? It worked it did work for me. And when mm. she so when she's there and she just kind of breaks down and is crying, it's like she gets it now. She sees the value in this, and it's touching her on a level beyond the superficial. I kind of like that moment. I'm glad we got something.
1: I did think it was interesting that the team seemed invested by the resolution of the other characters, which is something that we've talked about over and over again, that the story is all about getting Ben back and Martinez and whatever this mystery is. And magic has really been the only one that's led me to believe that the project is still about putting right what went wrong right yes so it was interesting to see the team kind of revel in this notion that hey we had a successful mission that changed somebody's life for the better that being said it might just be me and jen (laughs) but i i didn't she didn't seem that invested in the kid this actress she seems so intent on being aloof and cool
0: Aloof is the word for it.
1: And she is, as evidenced in this episode, very much a
0: cut and dry, this is what you need to do. So initially, Camilla was going to go to prison through a lot of, I thought, clever play with the investigation into the documents, finding the redacted name, all of that stuff on these witness pages. It was kind of cool how they were able to prove at least to the ADA that they had more and could win. Mm -hmm. And the ADA counters with an offer that will eventually get Camillo out in five years and as soon as that happens Jen says that's great because he'll be out before his brother is murdered and then they leave and it's a happy ending for everybody
1: Ziggy has said that he will leap if that's the resolution
0: yes and Jen goes all in on it and Ben is we're not doing that he's not going to jail at all he's not going to serve a day for a crime he didn't commit yeah good for him right like the idea was that the deal As good as it was for Jen, as good as it was for Ziggy, as potentially good as it was for Camillo, it's not good enough for a man who's innocent.
1: Right. We don't get a lot of opportunity for Ben to second guess Ziggy. Ziggy has been 100% right 100% of the time and only pinpointing a goal for us we've had sam say listen i don't think that's what it is you know i, don't I know what that it's damn hybrid yeah exact says. computer and his ego ziggy needs to stick to making shitty artwork <laughs>
0: <laughs> in true 2023 ai fashion
1: <laughs> yeah there's some interesting stuff about the ai in the next episode but okay. i guess jumping ahead interesting stuff yeah i did like that though that he kind of said well okay i could just leap but then what am i really doing here Right. Can I really meet? Yeah.
0: Ben shoots for the best possible outcome.
1: And, yeah, right. And,
0: and lands it. It was really great. Great inspirational moment. And I think that's where you see it start to click for Jen. She sees his dogged determination and realizes this isn't just about achieving a goal and getting out of here. Ben has a personal investment and stake in what's going on. Why mm-hmm. is that? Jen says to herself, you can kind of see that track through this episode. Right. And then at the end, it all culminates when she sees, oh my God, look at how much better things turned out yeah. for having done that than just taking the easiest possible route to leaping.
1: Yeah. And maybe like, what part did I play in this to have better all these lives? And here's um, the thing,
0: knowing what we know now without getting too far ahead of things, is there a reason Ziggy didn't want that outcome? Maybe Ziggy's fine without getting the best possible outcome, and that's something I think that's worth noting. Yeah, so, so
1: put, put a pin in that for a minute, right? Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, something I really, really want to bring up. I think this was the coolest detail in this episode. Okay, I'm sure it tickled you. Is that the team has a
1: Leaper X jar? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: like, that, how that, great is that that
1: was fun. That was fun. And they had other little bets going on. Oh yeah! You know who's been gonna remember first? Yep. That was a cool little moment. I think we should probably address that. But yeah, as far as in the Leaper X jar, do you and I still refer to him as Leaper X? Yeah. Even though in that very episode that they coined the term, they got a name. <laughs> Right, but so Leaper it X even... just sounds so much cooler. Like yeah, Racer gonna, X, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly,
0: like Racer X, yeah. So I love the idea. And they're just yeah, constantly cool. putting money in there. There was one point where Magic's like, I didn't say Leaper X, did I? Yeah, you just said it again, too, you know? Yeah,
1: and he's got to put the money in again. Yeah, exactly. That's great stuff. Like that, the... That's a cool detail. Yeah, and those are the kinds of things that I think if you're going to have a whole other team, those are the kinds of things you need to do with those characters. Mm-hmm. I've sort of ended up having a pause in my rewind of the original series. But I did happen to pick up an episode called Hurricane. Oh, okay. Right? I remember this one.
0: Wasn't he trying to get somebody in
1: shelter before the hurricane hit? The person he had leaped into was a hero for evacuating an entire apartment complex or something of that nature. Yes, yeah. But the reason he was there was to uh, save the girlfriend. You know, it was independent of the hurricane. But the reason I bring it up in the difference between the two shows, this was an episode where he and Al didn't have all the information that they needed had a singular goal, but they didn't know what the goal was. Ziggy was calculating things. They just had to get to know the people they were around to figure out what the problem might be. But it was kind of a mystery to people trying to figure things out. Even just a loner, Sam, there of his own devices, trying to figure things out. Why am I here? What can I do? While this other show has, is really diving into this notion of a whole team of people doing this and who's working on the other side of Ziggy. Like, what has Gushy been doing, basically? Right. right. What does Gushy do? Well, does he do all the things that they've been doing? Is it, does and we he just does, never do all really the stuff that Ian it? does? Yeah. yeah. Is, he, is Gushy just looking up microfiche all day? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it leads me to believe that maybe he was. You know, I don't feel like he was just sitting there by the centering button waiting for center me on Sam so he could push the big red button. Yeah. They must have been doing something. Sure. Sure. It's a different dynamic. And it's I still feel like I'm leaning towards that original formula. I'm lost in time. I don't know why I'm leaping. All I know is I'm supposed to do something good, and I have no idea what it is every time I jump in.
0: Well, it's just a man on his own with with this friend, and that's it. It's just the two of them. And And that's kind of the model the show is built
1: on. Yeah, and I am finding that I think I'm still partial to that, just the lack of control that he believes himself to have. I would have Uh,
0: loved to have seen, though, an episode of the original series That was less about whatever Sam had leaped into and was just an episode where Dr. Beaks was having therapy sessions
1: (laughs) with Al, with Gushy, with Tina. I would now, I would like to see where the parallels can be drawn between their team, Quantum Leap, who I have to believe existed. They must have been doing things. Ziggy was a character on that show. A character with a voice that interacted with them. Squishy and Beeks and Ziggy, they're working behind the scenes the way our team does in the new series, and would have been interesting to see that. This new show, it's got another way of doing it, and it is kind of refreshing to see Team Quantum Leap work on The Leap. Yes three or four episodes in a row now where they're actually making an effort to use those characters towards one story.
0: Everybody is using their skill set <laughs> to further right. the narrative. There's no nonsense going on. Mm-hmm. Relatively very little nonsense. And the nonsense that there is. <laughs> Relatively is just...
1: very little nonsense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the nonsense that is yeah. there is just that quick throwaway, like oh, put a dollar <laughs> in the Leaper X jar, like perfect. Right. Absolutely perfect.
1: That tells you more about their characters, too, than Mm -hmm. all of the Housewife episodes that you can It's just a little moment.
0: So much more effective in terms of establishing the camaraderie and the feeling of this workplace. Mm -hmm. That does Mm -hmm. so much a better job than bonding over Real house yeah
1: person. Even just having Addison kind of stuck by a monitor when she mm-hmm. can't be in the chamber. If we do like superlatives at the end of the season, and I think we should.
0: <laughs> okay. I would say that Caitlin Bassett as Addison, most improved, possibly MVP for me on this show at this yeah. point. I loved how in this episode, yeah, she's watching the monitors. She feels powerless. She's fidgeting a lot. As Magic observes, she's been in that imaging chamber 24-7 since Ben leaped, right? Right. And she's having a
1: hard time not being in there and engaging with him. I admit to being um, drawn by her, certainly. As the series moved on, it's hard to see it as this arc that was continuing to climb because right after the break, that <laughs> that dip, I it mean, looked it like just, you just crashed. I it, mean, just it just crashed for about if you were, two, if you were three episodes were charting the quality, our, uh, you were
0: charting the quality early on, it would look like you just told a fib in a lie detector test. Yeah, just the, the arm is going all over the place mid season. Right. But I think the turning point for me with Addison was the leap die repeat episode when mm-hmm. she leaves the chamber. Ben is dead and she just screams and breaks down. That was a- that moment, that mm-hmm. emotional moment. That's mm-hmm. the level of emotion we've seen from her since then. That's the range we've grown to expect ceaselessly impressed
1: yeah it's absolutely true and to convey that kind of feeling on a network show i guess i don't know yeah yeah Uh, i I don't know if that's fair but early on they didn't give her much to do like she wasn't working with anything yes and the more material she really had to work with you realize wow this this is the actress on the show maybe we will do a superlatives episode and we'll get to how i feel about magic but (laughs) just as a preview to that He's got two of the best moments, emotionally speaking and dramatically speaking, that this show has had. He delivered the description of what leaping is like. Yep. And then the allusion to Martin Luther King this last episode was... Oh, yeah. Was so wonderful.
0: Absolutely fantastic. The arc of the moral universe, yeah. I'm a big proponent of that. Speaking of magic, though, the moment in question where Ben remembers magic in this
1: episode
0: (laughs) involves a story, an anecdote magic tells about rabbits and a stream, like an unsolvable (laughs) problem. And the way you learn about this story is that Jen attempts to tell Ben, like she's trying to fulfill her role as observer... And Mm -hmm. give Ben the nudge that he needs, right? Right. The encouragement that he needs. So she completely butchers this anecdote.
1: So much so that I'm not sure what it's actually supposed to be. Well, the great thing was, neither was Ben. Like,
0: (laughs) when Ben's sitting there listening to it, how does he respond? Is this a story or a brain teaser? And then she <laughs> yeah. keeps going and he's like, was that the end of the story? Like he didn't know what she was talking about. Right. Addison comes back later, right before Ben leaves, and Ben mentions to her, yeah, Jen totally butchered magic story about the rabbits and the farm. And Addison said, you remembered magic.
1: I like that just kind of came in passing. For Ben, as opposed to, I right. can't believe it. I just remembered somebody. He just sort it, of casually just, throws it yeah. out there.
0: And if Addison hadn't brought it up, I don't think I would have realized that he hadn't remembered magic yet.
1: Well, they haven't really talked about who he remembers and who he doesn't. Yeah. But you know what I do appreciate is that even after spending an entire leap with Jen, he still doesn't remember her because who would? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Mm, sorry. Uh, that may have been over the line. But uh, getting back to that for just a second, I just wonder, where is this character going to fit moving forward? If she's lucky, she might fall into that Geordie LaForge, find Ooh. a spot for her. They didn't know what to do with Geordie LaForge the first season. And for some reason, they did He was just didn't.
0: that guy in engineering. He was the helmsman.
1: He was the helmsman. And they were yeah. like, yeah, this isn't working. And we don't even have a chief engineer because... I don't know why. People but... perhaps justly <laughs> said, why would you let the blind guy fly the ship? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: It's the 23rd century, baby.
1: Point being, of course, that LeVar Burton ended up finding a real role and a yes. real character.
0: The Troy and Abed of Star Trek The Next Generation. Data <laughs> and LaForge.
1: Yeah, exactly. He found a relationship and he found a role and a part in the show. And I wonder if Jen will be lucky enough that they'll find some kind of thing for her to do, because he's not going to be a lawyer every leap. And the security thing just seems like a stretch every time they try to use it. She's done a terrible job as head of security for Quantum Leap. Let's not overlook that. (laughs) And what are her credentials to that effect? Crypto, cyber hacker so speaking of characters who don't really
0: serve a whole lot of a purpose there was one character in 1985 that had me wondering am i who is this am i supposed to know who this is the character of saul becker an older attorney you're right who shows up in two or three scenes and gives sage advice and then vanishes (laughs) yes What is this character crap. doing here? Yeah.
1: I remember in the middle of the episode, I was thinking, oh, okay, somebody the character knows in the courtroom and passing moment. And then when he showed up again, I was like, oh, I'm supposed to remember this person or there <laughs> no, is a not. reason. And then you're right. He doesn't come back. What is the point of this person? Maybe just- Saul Becker is a leaper. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he even had a name. Better call Saul! Seems like things maybe the hologram that's supposed to be your legal expert might have been able to point out.
0: Sure. I could grant you the first time Saul shows up, because that was before Jen showed up. Right, sure. If it had been the original series, we would have found out at the end that that was somebody really important. Like an actual historical figure whose name oh, we all yeah. recognize. you right, know, like, like the time with history. Yeah. Like, like the time we met Stephen King. <laughs> Or Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Yeah, right? Or a young Donald Trump. My theory about this character was that the character was a placeholder for some dialogue until Mm -hmm. they had to iron the script out another two times. And they accidentally <laughs> cast the character and film the scenes. That's what it felt like to me.
1: It's it was definitely like, how it feels. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because
0: there's no reason for this guy to be there. And again, like Jen could have served that purpose.
1: And should uh, have even. How
0: often do we say that about Jen? <laughs> like, usually it's like, oh, this person could have served Jen's purpose. But this is the one time she could have had a little bit more agency.
1: Yeah, right. Man. They don't give an opportunity for Ben to necessarily explain how he knew where that gun was. Right. There's no time where he has to justify how he knows what he knows. Right, he just found it. But they were smart enough to give him a witness and to take photos and have something to back up his story. But in reality, somebody might ask, well... How did you know to go there for that gun? And would have been the same answer that
0: Jen gave Vicky when Vicky asked where they had found out about Soto's name and Jen is like from the future. Yeah, yeah
1: right. <laughs> she would have had to come up with something. I feel like a more talented ADA might have said, "Well, I think you planted that there." Uh, well, I don't know. Like okay. isn't
0: isn't the one picture he has Of the biker dude holding up the gun. If I was Stuart, I would be like, man, I don't need this in my life. I just want to be on an AIDS ride to commemorate the life of my uncle.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Most of these things feel more like nitpicks than they have in the past. You know, sort of like you can just definitely just kind of enjoy this. The story makes sense. They give you enough time to care about what happens too. Absolutely. It's all because they're all working towards that same goal. And nobody's going off to Starbucks to meet up with their ex or <laughs> watch television at the apartment or get stuck in an elevator and Right. Yeah, oh my god. You remember those days, the dark times? <laughs> well, I I still feel like I'm walking on thin ice like this is going to come back. It could happen at any time. This yeah. Girl will come crashing down
0: yeah i don't because- think it's gonna happen this season though not with two
1: episodes left
0: is that it just two left two more left after the next one
1: we're gonna talk about well okay you know cross my fingers but yeah, i feel like but- we're in the
0: clear for this season as far as that kind of level of nonsense goes.
1: well i thought that at the holiday season too i felt like wow they've really you know and then they came back the way they did so i haven't fully recovered from that just yet but it's been really good lately Including this episode, for all the picking and prodding that we're doing here largely on a whole, this works as a narrative. It works as a leap. The best compliment I think I can pay this
0: episode is that much like the standby Ben episode with the kids in it, I would watch a show that was about Vicky and Aleta.
1: Yeah. In right.
0: 1985 in the courtroom and, and doing their thing, you know. Highest compliment I can pay an individual episode of Quantum Leap.
1: Yeah, that's true. I can see that.
0: So the other big thing, I think, before we move on. Oh, right. There is, is one more moment. Yeah. There's one more detail in Ben's song for the defense, and that's that... Ian has been working on a way to detect when Martinez is present in a leap. So right. they won't get blindsided again.
1: They basically just mention that and move on. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take a lot of explanation. And it's just good to know that they aren't just letting that slide. Right. Yes. And then it doesn't interfere necessarily with the story you're trying to tell that week. And it turns out they're really going to need it. <laughs> they <laughs> developed that just in time. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I'm finding is that uh, whiskey straight works a lot faster than mixers, <laughs> <laughs> but it also keeps the pipes good and clear i find yeah, uh, yeah. you know it
0: makes it makes it talking a little bit easier right <laughs> uh, sure so that's why i'm That's why I'm drinking it. So are we ready to move on to the next episode?
1: Yeah. Who accepted the nudge this past Monday? Ben
0: Interrupted is the title of the episode. The year is 1954. Ben has leaped into a man named Liam O'Connor, who is being committed by his wife, or so we think. We soon find out that Liam is a private eye out of Boston who's been hired by a woman named Elaine Sullivan and sent to this lunatic asylum to rescue Elaine's sister. Judith is her name, and she is stuck in this asylum, and it's Liam's job to get her out. Along the way, we find that there are some very disturbing things happening at this lunatic asylum in 1954, as was the case with most asylums in 1954, I'd assume. I could go on about some of my favorite lunatic asylums ever. (laughs) (laughs) But one of my absolute favorites, there was the shock theater episode of the original series. What a good one, yeah. That involved a lot of shock therapy. Also a factor in the movie Return to Oz. Have you seen this one? It is the 80s sequel to Wizard of Oz that starred- My wife
1: is all about that movie. starred
0: Feruza Balk as Dorothy,
1: and it is fucked up. Yes, my wife introduced me to this just last year, I think, and I was not familiar with it until just recently, but yeah, that is um, that is a movie. <laughs> it is to me one
0: of the darkest depictions of being in a mental hospital I've ever seen. Dorothy keeps having visions of Oz. This is after her original trip. She is committed to an asylum, undergoes shock treatment, and then quote-unquote escapes the asylum and goes back to Oz. Now, when you're a kid and you're watching this, it's like, I'm glad she got out. When you're an adult and you're watching this, it's like, oh, she's still in that fucking asylum.
1: And is, is there like a rock creature that's trying to become real? There is a robot named TikTok. Yes. There right. is a moose head
0: that is sentient and for some reason keeps referring to Dorothy as mom.
1: Right. Which is really, really weird. And when all the characters disappear, they get locked into these green yes. amulets or yes. something. That's it. Yes, that's it. Right. That's the
0: one, man. Man. It is a is... deeply, deeply disturbing movie. There's not a lot of period pieces about asylums that were great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when even Zack Snyder makes a movie about how fucked up mental hospitals were... Then, yeah, then you know, it's like a pretty widespread thing. But anyway, right. Dr. Mueller is the man in charge of this asylum, and he is performing experiments on the subjects that are in this mental hospital, including Judith. And evidently, neither Judith or O'Connor escape from this place
1: now the first note that i kind of put down here i had a lot of concerns about this episode when it first started the reason being as you just alluded to there are so many stories asylum related where am i crazy am i not Is she crazy? Is she not? What is going on? What's reality? What isn't? Shutter Island. I'm going to come up with another one every three minutes. (laughs) Yeah, Shutter Island is the one that I mentioned earlier when we talked in the horror episode. Right. As one that I actually enjoy. But I was nervous we were going to go down that road, which to me feels the same way as that Western episode, which is like, Mm -hmm. oh, this again. And luckily those fears were assuaged pretty quickly. Yeah it's not what this is necessarily about but like you said so many movies so many shows about i'm trapped in the asylum and how do i convince them i'm not crazy so that i can get out and those are just so frustrating for me however that being said it was very quick for judith to just believe him i'm a detective and i'm here to break you out oh good let's meet in the library <laughs> right let's let's we've got the yeah
0: i guess when you're in there though it's like uh... Please, can we leave now? (laughs) Like, What do I have to do? She was in there because... She was in there because she had tried like three times to have a kid. That's right. And all three times she had not been successful. She told her husband she was done, she wasn't going to try again, and her husband had her committed and then remarried. Different time. So that's what she was doing in there. Yeah, I thought that the initial maybe 10 minutes of this episode where he meets that guy, Ralph, who kind of gives him the lowdown, you know, that guy who's seen some shit. And And then he
1: kind of disappears, too. Like all Saul,
0: like all Saul Becker. Yeah, like Ralph and Saul are cut from the same cloth. Ralph at least (laughs) serves, I think, a greater purpose that only Ralph could have served. Be the guy who is sort of lucid and telling him what's going on there, but also the guy that creates the distraction that enables Ben to go over and actually have a moment with Judith. We also meet in those opening moments... Someone we think is probably going to be a foil, and that is the orderly Lawrence, who is this asshole who shows Ben to his room. Your typical orderly in this kind of place, where he just treats all the inmates like subhumans, and you yeah. think, "Oh, this character again?" But right. then the show pulls a number on
1: you. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It has all the elements of, "Oh yeah, this guy. Oh yeah, this character. Oh yeah, this trope." But they're not there. No. No. Really refreshing. What
0: you get instead is a different trope. I'm going to refer to Star Trek Into Darkness on this one. No. Where... (laughs) I think
1: I forgot that movie. Kirk
0: and Khan have to work together, and neither one is sure when the other's going to double-cross them. Okay, okay. Here's a better example, a more palatable example for you, probably. (laughs) The scene in Die Hard when Gruber is pretending he's a hostage.
1: Oh, I love it. Yeah. That
0: is just one of the finest sequences in film.
1: Yeah, except that John McClane is on to him from the beginning. From from the get-go, right? That's, yeah, that's great.
0: But you get this sort of dramatic irony, almost, because McClane is kind of wise to him, but that's the same sort of thing at play here with uh, with what we get later in this episode. So a lot of what we see early on is just setting the stage for something completely different,
1: right? Right, yeah, thankfully. I because it
0: is not long into this episode before quantum anomaly detected on all <laughs> the computers. Quantum anomaly, yeah, yeah. And as soon as that alarm sounds, we all know what that means, right? Martinez is leaping in, and he leaps into the orderly Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And now, oh, it's Martinez. Is this worse or is it better? We don't know. Right.
1: And we actually have him as a character and not just kind of an anecdote at the beginning or end.
0: We get to really
1: see a lot of him. And we find out some very, very cool things. You've mentioned just prior that there are only two episodes coming. You know, they got to start wrapping that up. And it's nice to see that they were able to, again, create a story that was strong enough to stand on its own while carrying the rest of this with it. Mm -hmm. The continuing narrative somehow is able to continue while this story is not interrupted. (laughs) Ha! Interrupted. (laughs) <laughs> and it's kind of like where was this at the beginning of the season? Who were these writers? Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it's it's better than we thought it
0: was. But that yeah, maybe uh, so. I really do want to go back and watch some of those early episodes now and maybe in hindsight is my opinion of this improve knowing what this show ends up being and where we end up going with
1: it i still feel like i have a pretty solid memory of all of it <laughs> maybe it's an ego trip but i'm actually more apt to come back and listen to what we've said about each of these and see how has our opinion evolved over the course of this
0: season well, i'll tell you one thing that came up in our very first episode nate and comes up this week plain ah. as day
1: yeah okay and that I'll...
0: is I-, I loved. This. Are we doing it now? You're gonna. I just. Okay. I-, I just fucking love this, man. So the alarm went off. Martinez has leaped in. Not long after this happens, Ian's digging through the Quantum Leap files, and they discover a misfiled report. Oh, was it from the old Quantum Leap program? That's what Ian says. It was. Mi- oh, okay. Misfiled. I missed so, that. So this has been under the radar. Most people involved with the project probably have no idea of this, but the words evil leapers appear (laughs) on the screen and in this report. I can't believe it. When they mentioned that, I couldn't believe it. Zoe is mentioned by name in there. Uh, Uh, Who is the hologram? Zoe is mentioned in the report. And as Ian is telling Addison all about this evil leaper thing, I swear they are like the proxy for us. Because Ian is loving every minute. I can't believe how awesome this is, you know, just like kind of gushing over this report, like there are evil leapers. I can't believe it. I cannot believe the show went there.
1: I I, just... I can't believe the show went there. <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's shocking. They went like, all in. To, and to we talked. No end.
0: We talked I, early on, we were talking in the first maybe eventually we're gonna get an origin story for the evil leapers and This
1: is your theory. This was your theory that they were gonna Well, your theory, I believe, was that Martinez might have been an evil leaper. Martinez
0: still might
1: be. <laughs> we, right. So 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 I missed the fact that it was misfiled. Yes. And I thought, how do they not know? And even so, even if it is misfiled, how do you misfile this? Um, of all the things. I got one word for you Nate. Ziggy. That's true. Yeah,
0: right. How do you misfile it? Who could have lost this critical file about an alternate leaping program?
1: I'm dealing with too many data limiting factors.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: all right. We'll get we'll get there. We
0: will too. get there. We will get there, but when Ian said the thing about the misfiled report, I literally typed holy balls in all caps. <laughs> <laughs>
1: To say nothing of the fact that if you go back to our episode when we went over the interview with... With Belisario, yes. He doesn't say as much, but you can read into the notion that, boy, what were we doing with Evil Leapers? Right. I had nothing to do with the Evil Leapers. Yeah, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't like it that much. So we just kind of ignored it.
0: So here's an interesting parallel. Like if this show is completely antithetical to what Belisario envisioned to be Quantum Leap, which it clearly is. Right. New Quantum Leap is to old Quantum Leap as the Evil Leaper program is to the original Quantum Leap program. This show is its own Evil Leaper program. <laughs> The Evil
1: Leaper program, if they're going to mention Evil Leapers, they've got to tell us where they're coming from. And thus far, our understanding is that they come from the devil. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Am I wrong about that? No, I think... I'm remembering that properly, correct? We've definitely been over the fact that they I've had a few glasses of this, these beverages here, but I believe... If I'm not mistaken.
0: So I think part of where we get that is when Zoe is talking to Aaliyah and she says, we clawed our way out of hell to land simple assignments
1: like wrecking and adultery. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What? Yeah, okay. I think we plan to kind of do an episode about this too. But if you're the one bringing this back, you even go anywhere near evil leapers. I drop that from my headcanon immediately if I'm putting something new together. Yeah, I mean how do you how do you dig into that? It's wild,
0: man. It is absolutely wild. And I'll tell you, again, the idea of the counterpoint character is something I loved when I was, like, 13, yeah, you know? and like I get it. Oh, you always have this dark version of whatever your character is. Like, Superman had the Eradicator and Cyborg Superman, and Batman right. had Azrael, you know? It was and like this...
1: Darkwing Duck had Negaduck. Negaduck, yeah.
0: <laughs> I love... That concept. Let's get so I'm thinking, like, if I'm making a quantum leap that has an ongoing story, I don't know. I, the evil leapers aren't the last thing I'm going to think of.
1: No, and I feel like I'm kind of misrepresenting myself here. I guess what I'm really driving at is it seems very clear to me, watching that original series, that those were one-offs that somebody came up with that nobody else wanted, you know? and <laughs> yes. And that was... Yes. And that was confirmed by Donald Belisario. Yes. So were I into the position to bring this back, I felt of the same notion that this was kind of a one-off that isn't really should be canonical or what have you. All of that being said, it's wild that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. It's canon that's there. Uh, you haven't seen Strange New Worlds yet, right? I have not watched it yet, no. Slight spoilers. They go back to Star Trek 5 in that show. Wow. They pull Star Trek 5. That when is- When most people that's are thinking- a baller move, man. Right? And this is a baller move. Yes. It's kind yeah. of the same thing. You go back to what everybody thinks, not unlike Doctor Strange and the multiverse, going back to Inhumans to bring back Black Bolt. Yeah. and so That's a baller move, too. You hate this thing? I'm going to make you like this thing. Yes. (laughs) You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I don't know
1: if I like evil leapers yet, and we don't even really know if they're involved per se. I don't know. You don't... Chekhov's evil leaper, man.
0: You don't introduce the evil leaper (laughs) unless you intend for (laughs) that shit to go off. (laughs) Oh, boy, that's true. So there's a lot of speculation in this episode about Martinez's intentions... What is he doing there? Ian suggests that he helped Ben in the past. Addison says- And in the present. I
1: mean, he helps him in this episode. Yeah, And Addison says, but how
0: do we know he wasn't doing other subversive stuff around this that we weren't privy to? You know, kind of what we were talking about last time in SOS, where I'd like to see an episode about what happened on that ship from Martinez's perspective, right? Right. What was he doing there that was not necessarily in service to what Ben's goal was? And what did he do there
1: that allowed him to leap? Right. Now, Martinez does claim that he's there to do good, right? He says he was there to do what Ben wasn't able to do. Right. Right? Yeah. Magic in this episode
0: talks about how he swore to Al at one point that they wouldn't lose another leaper. Yeah. like, And that's Magic's mission statement. Like, I'm not going to let this happen again. Martinez says, I'm not here to help Ben. I'm here to do what he couldn't. Does magic, is there a timeline or whatever where magic is the one directly responsible for sending Martinez back because Ben right. doesn't make it back? That's the thought. Right? That stood
1: out to me. We've only had evidence outside outside of these evil leapers that indicates doing something positive to change the future for the better is the thing that allows you to continue moving. Right? Right. So And that is we haven't absolutely see- directly stated in this episode. Right, and we haven't seen any evidence to the contrary. Mm-hmm. It says specifically in this episode that he is leaping to d- to put right what wins went wrong as well. Yes. Based on the the language in this episode, he's not an evil leaper. He's not an evil leaper, but, well, <laughs> more
0: on that theory in a second. Stick a pin in that. Okay. Because the person who comes out and explicitly states... All of the has to put right what once went wrong and then leave is Janice, who comes back in this episode after a couple episodes away. Where has she been? Well, we find out she's under house arrest, and she's back with her mom. <laughs> no.
1: No.
0: No. She's with Beth. I- there is a great moment. She's managed to get out of her ankle monitor. Magic goes to Beth's house. Beth answers the door. Magic, it's so wonderful to see you. They hug. And then Janice shows up behind her, has the ankle bracelet in her hand, holding it up, and Beth turns and looks at her, like, what did you do now, bitch, kind of look. And it was like, the two of them have so much pent-up animosity at this point. It was so so funny to see Beth turn on a dime. Like, great, what'd you fuck (laughs) up this time,
1: kid? What is going on with those two? How does... (laughs) How does Beth even let this girl back into her house? That's what Al would have wanted. Would he, though? I don't know. I mean, we don't know the Al that had the four daughters. Yeah, we don't know We've dad, d-
0: father, Al. Owl. Owl. Yeah, he's owl. a different. owl.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly that changes a man, but no. I don't forgive her. No. And I, I don't buy this. And I wasn't happy about it that is your mom and you drugged her for your own purposes there's a disconnect between reality and television obviously sure but if you just step out of the tv screen for a second and think about what that would do to the relationship with your parent i think my mom would be okay with it and i think my <laughs> dad
0: <laughs> and i think my dad well he might notice now but like maybe 5 months ago he wouldn't have noticed
1: well all right she has not redeemed herself in my eyes and i don't know if that's the idea there but if it is the idea and she is supposed to be doing better why does she have her ankle bracelet off well
0: she wanted to get their attention right she feels very out of the loop and she was like look i'm gonna make them show up i'm gonna make them take notice she starts just laying into him. Why aren't you keeping okay. me in the loop? Why aren't you telling me these things? He's like, it's confidential, as Tommy Wiseau would say. Um, <laughs> but Janice complains. She's like, I don't even know what year he's in right now. And Magic's like, oh, he's in 1954. And Janice immediately is, this is his last chance. Yes. So this goes back to everything they've set up or talked about all season about a trajectory, about Mm -hmm. a specific number of leaps until Ben reaches his destination. We learn in this episode, by way of Janice's exposition, that Ben was going to encounter Martinez three times before it was officially too late to stop Martinez from doing whatever it was he was trying to do. And this is their last chance to stop him. As far as this episode's concerned, let's not consider what payoffs may or may not come in the next two weeks. It does a pretty good job of ratcheting up the tension between the two of them as Martinez and Ben both work together to escape the asylum.
1: As I was putting together my thoughts on this episode, the mystery element felt like it was on a good trajectory and this week made it really messy. Yeah. Messy and confusing in like not a good way. They indicate that he is leaping to do good then they say that he's going to kill addison in the next leap then they reiterate the fact that janice hasn't been telling them anything because it was important that they didn't know right then martinez goes and does something evil like stab ben in the throat with a needle yeah oh my god like if he's out there putting right what once went wrong isn't that kind of a disqualifier i don't
0: know i mean like if he achieves the point of the leap then i guess he can murder whoever else he wants
1: (laughs) well that's my question i guess i i guess if you want to read it that way but to me bruce mcgill wiping down that bar is going to be like no sir no (laughs) you don't get to do both you know what i mean like it 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 seems to me
0: all right so I think we're at a point where we kind of have to talk about the twist at the end of this episode.
1: That's true. <laughs> uh,
0: there's a moment in here where they're trying to find an escape route from the asylum for Ben, right? And they're working with Ziggy to find the escape route. Ian finds it. Addison says, "Send it to my handlink and thank Ziggy for me." And she zips off into the imaging chamber, and we get this close-up shot of Ziggy. It's like Hal uh... Nine Thousand. It's like you're looking at Hal Nine Thousand. It's just this very ominous shot, and then we then we immediately skip over to Ian who says, you are welcome, Addison, in a Stephen Hawking voice, which which I thought was a kind of funny thing.
1: Yeah, right. I thought that was just played for a joke, you know. Yeah. And, I, and at the moment, I thought, Ziggy has a voice. Like, why are you speaking for Ziggy? So I wrote in my
0: notes, close-up shot of Ziggy. Hmm. Because that doesn't seem like something you'd linger on unless there was something going on with it. And in the final moments of the episode, you know, there's been allusions to, uh, you said earlier, Janice doesn't know who she can trust at the project. There's ears everywhere. Like, we can't really talk openly about these things. She's been super cagey. And she's finally put together who the mole at Quantum Leap is.
1: And the mole is Ziggy, the hybrid computer. Also, the one character from the original series that we have. So... They took the one character that we know from the original series and said, yeah, that's the bad guy. I would also point out that happened in the first Mission Impossible movie. They <laughs> stabbed it,
0: didn't they? Those damn idiots. <laughs> Fair. And it worked out pretty well for them.
1: Fair, I guess. But <laughs> But so so taking that into this account. This one was built by Samuel Beckett. That's true. Is Sam but, Beckett capable of building an evil Ziggy? Well, see, Ziggy I, didn't
0: start out that way. All right. So, what if what Ziggy learned from the experience with the evil leapers was that Ziggy herself was going to continue to grow and continue to evolve and saw a, a taste of something in her own future that sort of altered the growth and trajectory of the AI? And maybe that's why Ziggy buried the files. Because Ziggy doesn't want anybody to catch wind of the way she's developing. She's Um, becoming Lothos? Right. Yes. So the next thing is Martinez. What is Martinez's goal? Could Martinez's goal be to stop Ziggy? What if Martinez has to stop Ziggy? And in doing so, maybe kills Addison. Maybe kills a couple other people. Maybe that guy who has the dolls in his office, you know? (laughs) Right. I'm wondering if it's not he hates Addison. It's that he's got to stop Ziggy.
1: Okay, this is all interesting and admittedly things that I hadn't considered. However, it's bordering on pothole in that it's just one of those frustrating situations where why wouldn't you just say that? If you're Martinez and you've got somebody who you know has benevolent uh, intentions in Ben, why wouldn't you just say, hey, I'm on a mission to stop Ziggy because Ziggy is evil. Maybe because Ziggy's listening.
0: I don't know. Ziggy's
1: Ziggy's everywhere, right? But he's not acting like that. He's leaving a man for dead because yeah, unless, unless he thinks Ben is somehow part of what Ziggy's trying to accomplish. But if that's the case, then why is Ben doing things that are good when he knows that that's what Ben's doing? Yeah. It's making for good conversation here, I feel. Uh, But at the same time, it doesn't feel like, ooh, isn't this an interesting mystery? It feels more like this is really messy and I don't know if it works 100%.
0: I think it's too soon to know where it's headed. I find it intriguing the idea that Ziggy is the mole or is somehow acting in her own self-interest. I did
1: find it outwardly humorous when they zoom in on Ziggy at the very end. That her blue lights, of course, turn of course. evil red. <laughs> it's got to all be red now. Yes. It's like iRobot or any sci-fi. Red means evil. And like... Z- <laughs> just once I'd love to see a friendly robot with red out eyes. Out yeah, <laughs> Glowing
0: red eyes. No, that's absolutely it. Red means evil. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I it's just, just laughed shorthand. out loud when I saw that. It was I just wonder like... where that started. You know, I wonder if we could trace that back to its
1: origin. Yeah, I don't know.
0: HAL 9000 was red. Maybe that's it. I don't know if we go back farther. Probably goes
1: back further than that. I would, well, well, I mean, what, at what point do you get into black and white television? Right.
0: So. <laughs> you just have some guy on the screen It's like, God Godzooks,
1: he's turned red. Yeah. Look at those red eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I say. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Martinez does help them escape from the asylum. And then stabs Ben in the neck because he's like, I have to accomplish my goals and you are getting in the way. And that leads to, I think, a pretty intense five-minute-long sequence of Ben struggling not to die. (laughs) I was in no way prepared for that. Yeah. Clinging to life, cauterizing a wound with a cigarette lighter. (laughs) Right, Wow. Yeah. Holy moly. And it's all because he's not going to leap until Judith is safely across the bridge leading to the asylum.
1: Am I remembering correctly? Did Martinez leap before they did? I don't think we saw Martinez leap. He, he just left the. He imminent, walked away. Yeah. He walked away. Yeah. So we don't know when he actually leaped and right. completed his goal. Right. Okay.
0: The other cool leaping thing this week. I think this was the more shocking moment than the final moment where we find out that Ziggy's working against the project. (laughs) Then the red lights. That's when uh, Martinez uh, confronts Ben and locks eyes with Addison. Right. Uh, I was, uh, whoa, okay. So he could see Addison. Uh, That led to some interesting stuff too, I thought. Uh, between not the a, two of them.
1: Yeah, not the least of which is my note here that he has no hologram.
0: Does not appear to have
1: a hologram, no.
0: That's disappointing to me. Disappointing, but interesting. Why? Well, yeah. maybe because he's a military man. He's got his eye on one thing. But still, but somebody does... has to be feeding him information about what he has to achieve on a given leap, right? Unless.
1: Yeah, military or not, unless. In the next 10 years or so, they determine how to use the accelerator without Swiss cheesing your brain. Yes. I was disappointed by that because it feels more like, what would you have that hologram do? And I get that as a writer, he doesn't really need a hologram for what we need him to do in this episode. What would his hologram be doing? The answer is pretty much nothing. That being said... I want to operate under the notion that every Leaper has their own hologram. It just feels like a rule that should be followed. Even when in the third Evil Leaper episode in the original Mm -hmm. show, when Aaliyah
0: kind of went rogue, Zoe becomes the Leaper and she gets the hologram.
1: I guess I say all that and then I think back. There's always a hologram is what I'm saying, right? I feel like those should be the rules. -hmm. But at the same time, Stoppa didn't have one, probably. No, no. And Sam started leaping without one too. So I guess it's not required. But I kind of wanted to know who his hologram was, and I really wanted to know who Ian's hologram is. Oh yeah, yeah. Like this, these were things that I thought of when I found out that. You know, oh, there are other leapers, and these characters are leaping now. Who are their holograms, was my question. Well, remember that
0: they were working on some sort of algorithm that would make it possible to retrieve him from within the leaps, right? Weren't they working on that? And then Ben got into the accelerator before that formula was perfected or what have you. Okay. So we got lost. So it's possible that whatever point Ian's leaping from, Ian could have just pinpointed, leaped there, and then leaped right back to the accelerator.
1: Theoretically, except for the fact that Dottie doesn't know Ben from Adam. If you're going to leap into somebody to give a message to Ben, like specifically that's your goal. Right. It's like the episode MIA. Why would you leap into a police officer that this doesn't vessel? know Beth at all? You know, like, why would you leap into Dottie? Why wouldn't you leap into Addison? Why wouldn't you leap into Addison? Why wouldn't you leap into his neighbor? anybody that sees Ben on a regular basis and say, Hey, I'm not actually your neighbor, Tom. It's me, Ian from the future.
0: I am glad we can get into the weeds on the nitpicks at this point. You know, it's like, it really is these like really kind of tiny strokes that we're talking about. Sure. Yeah. Um, So you're right. That speaks to the place where the show is at. I think it's in a pretty good spot. Yeah. Those are all very, very reasonable questions. The one that I have I feel like I know the answer, but then I'm like, I don't do I? What came first? Ben's leaping, or Martinez is leaping. It seems like Martinez is leaping probably came first, and Ben mm-hmm. is leaping as a result of Martinez leaping and causing whatever catastrophe.
1: Except that Martinez knows who Ben is and what year he's from. Right. So, so it would makes have it to, very unlikely, right? Like It's really... I would suspect that Martinez leaps with the understanding that in 2022, Ben leaped. And the implication in this episode is that he knows that Ben doesn't accomplish what he needs to do. And he's there to do it instead. Because... Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would say that Martinez is operating under the, the understanding that Ben... Used the accelerator in 2022.
0: Then you have the moment in Salvation where he says to Ben, stop following me. me. Why are you following me? Yeah. Right? It's like a chicken and the egg thing. Which came first or do both of these things have to happen? Like one of those temporal loops where it doesn't really matter what happened first. Both of these things have to be happening. But it just leads me to think that in the season finale, Martinez is going to succeed in his mission. Whatever that mission is, and Addison will die. Because Addison has to die in order for this timeline to exist, right? Okay. If there is an egg, it's Addison's death. Because if Addison doesn't die, does Ian have any reason to get into the accelerator?
1: Right. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it would be a little disappointing if the leap Ben takes is solely to save her from dying. We've posited in the past... That saving her, quote-unquote, may mean something greater than, oh, she dies. Right, yes. you're there to save her. Save her from what? Save her from, you know, who who knows what. Okay, so here's Um, another
0: another interesting thing that, that occurred to me this week. Okay. When Addison and Martinez are talking, one scene that they have, just the two of them together. Addison's talking about gaming things out, talking about seeing multiple outcomes, and they both agree that it's kind of like Ziggy, right? Right, sure. What if Addison is Ziggy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. What if
0: Addison's brainwaves are Ziggy? At this point, I'm just throwing out every little theory that occurred to me I during this episode. Okay. But, uh, All right, I got you. I came was like, to that seemed brain. like a weird comparison to make in the same episode we're talking about Ziggy going bad and something catastrophic happening to Addison in two weeks.
1: I really just want Sam Beckett to have built a supercomputer. I really just want the canon of my original show to remain canonical. I thought
0: he had used his brainwaves to create...
1: Something like that, I think he
0: did right. There isn't part of it. One of of the novels. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) Here here comes the rabbit. Dig deep now. I think the fourth novel in the series of Quantum Leap novels from like 1990. I think it was called like Prelude or Prologue or something, and it was about the events that led up to Sam stepping into the accelerator. And I want to say that there was um, something in there about his brainwaves being used to create the sort of discerning human characteristics in Ziggy. That sounds familiar from the show too. Might've been in there. So maybe Addison's brainwaves in some way become incorporated with Ziggy and Ziggy learns about human love and can't handle it. And that's Mm. why
1: Ziggy turns
0: into Lothos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's not what's going on. Um, you know, um, (laughs) If you're using me as a sounding board for your scripting, Brian, I might steer you in another direction. Yeah, no, that one I think is bad. (laughs)
0: Okay. That I do think is bad.
1: They've got two episodes to kind of figure that out. rein it all in a little bit. Yeah, we're not going to have um, to wait long.
0: Think back to when all of this mystery stuff was starting around like episode two, episode three, episode Mm -hmm. four and where this show was at and where we were at as an audience thinking like is there ever going to be a payoff for this will this ever be something that is worth my time i did think yeah that was
1: a- will it be worth it is the question there was a funny yeah.
0: joke about the imaging chamber that janice built this week
1: right they mentioned the imaging yeah. chamber yeah i think i just did that as a side hustle <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, it seemed like the it show it sure seemed like the show. Really sure had as hell it. seems like yeah. it. I made note of that too. You used it for not even a tenth of an episode. And they've only got two left to do something with it. Yeah. Well I and I, would I don't, expect don't think that. they will now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Unless Ziggy takes over the project next season and they have to go all gorilla. Like they use that old school hand link and it's like uncorrupted Ziggy, a reset version of Ziggy. Uh, maybe they should just unplug Ziggy and plug him back in. <laughs> just little reboot. It didn't work with my router last week, you know, when my internet went out. The other night we tried to record, that, the little dot got red. It turned red and then it was like, no, fuck you, you're <laughs> not recording. I'm sorry. I'm afraid I can't
1: do that. Are you and I the only ones that are upset about that imaging chamber? I don't I mean, know.
0: They, I haven't seen any chatter online about that imaging chamber specifically.
1: I'm just wondering out there in the cyberspace world, they show it for a brief second. They show her in it. And that's kind of then it. Then it gets shut down right after that. Yeah. Were we the ones building this up too big? Are you suggesting that
0: Janice's imaging chamber is the Supreme Leader Snoke of Quantum Leap? <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: because I don't care about Snoke and anybody that built too much into that can go stick it. (laughs) I was, I was fine to see Snoke go. Oh yeah, I know. Whatever. The fan base really. uh... Yeah, no, I, I, apologies to anybody who was on the other side of that, of that argument. I, I understand it and um, I can see validity on both sides of that movie, but With regards to the subject at hand here, it seems like something that either you and I were just really interested in the potential of that they didn't mean to do much with. Yeah, I I think that's it. That's too bad because I was kind of holding out hope that it was just a matter of we had to squeeze these six episodes in and it's going to mean something later. No, I really love the idea of a janky
0: imaging chamber. It was a really great idea. That was definitely undercooked, underutilized. And I don't think they're going to make the same mistake with the evil leapers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, why bring it up if you're not going to use it? They're going all in, baby. (laughs) So what did you say? The Chekhov's evil leaper? Yeah. I've been wrong all season long, but I'm going to... Hedge my bet again, I don't think Martinez is technically an evil leaper. No, I think he's trying to stop the evil leaper program from existing to begin with. So if Ziggy is not there to run the project by the time that Ian and Martinez leap, what artificial intelligence is running that program? Addison? I don't know. (laughs) The the Addison program. Addison AI.
0: I don't know, man.
1: I really think I'm entitled to an answer. One of the things I meant to mention when Deborah Pratt was the director of that episode, she has mentioned that she really wants to see Sam come back. Oh, yeah. And that she kind of expects that Sam will come back. And she also mentioned spin-offs and video games and all of these things video that she... Video games? Yeah. Oh, man. All of these things that she expects... The universe to expand to. Did I ever tell you my idea for a quantum leap video game? No. Where Sam Beckett was leaping
0: into different genre video games. So you would get like a Mega Man style video game, and then he'd leap into like a Dragon Warrior style game or a Final Fantasy, leap into like a weird platformer like Mario. But would he have to try and figure out what his goal was each time? I was coming up with this in like the late 80s, early 90s, man. Like we didn't have that 14-year-old bro. Yeah, it wasn't like very story driven. It was just like you'd get a cutscene, or maybe you'd find like in the DuckTales game where you find Launchpad and he takes you back to Duckburg. Like Al would be like, do you need to go back to the beginning of
1: the leap, Sam? <laughs> that would be the extent of it. <laughs> I don't see why there couldn't be a Quantum Leap video no. game. The idea, though, is that she wants to expand. Also made some mention of her role is to tell the showrunners when they're butting up against canon.
0: Wow. And she hasn't said anything yet. (laughs) Are they what's like, all
1: right, guys, they're watching her through the window.
0: All right. Deborah got in her car. She's gone. What do you guys want to do about these evil leapers? (laughs) <laughs>
1: that is wild. So then, who is the evil leaper? If it's not Martinez, and they're definitely going to use. Let's that. get dangerous. Let's make Ian the evil leaper. Oh my gosh!
0: Would we? I would not be opposed to Aaliyah and Zoe coming back.
1: Recast Aaliyah and Zoe. If they do something of that nature, then I don't want Sam back
0: because it wouldn't be the same people.
1: No, because I don't want. You don't want the
0: crossover. Like you don't want yeah. Sam to be in a world that is largely focused on evil leapers and that sort of thing. Cause right. that's not Sam quantum leap. Right. I get it.
1: Yeah. Sam running into evil leapers is kind of something I want to forget. If you're going to do something with people, different people leaped at different times and now we're all in the time stream and they're all kind of running into each other and who knows what.
0: I think ultimately what you do is series finale. Ben walks into that same bar and Sam's the bartender.
1: See, that's too good. <laughs> This show is deviating way too far yes.
0: from its source material. Right. No, this is a much, much different series. Yeah. Oh, but it could get there, though. Like, I mean, if this show's on long enough... Yeah, I, I a couple think, of
1: seasons in, I maybe. Think
0: what I do expect from the finale knowing that there's going to be a season two is that this season finale will leave us in a place where there is a significant status quo shakeup because that's what season finales do now. Yeah. And given the illusions so far, I have to believe that season two is going to be evil leaper focused or like, how do we get from here to there? I think they're going to go in on it. And if that's the case, And that's also a plot line I would expect to see wrapped up by the end of season two. So if this show runs for three or four seasons, I think you could get to a point where an ending with Sam
1: like that would feel earned. Hmm. I think it would have to run a while, uh, especially if you spend an entire season on Evil Leapers. It'll be more like Um, the Martinez stuff this season. It's not like every episode, but every three
0: episodes or so, there's something that comes up to move that mystery along. They're going to have to have a new underlying mystery going into season two, I think.
1: So anyway, uh, Judith gets out. <laughs> <laughs> everything
0: everything works there out. There is a in story that comes
1: to resolution. Um, um, ben barely
0: survives the leap. Right. Leaps out as two nurses are approaching the car that he is sitting in, and the episode ends with Magic returning Janice
1: to her mom's. That's house. right. They do a good job again in this week of using the team quantum leap as tools towards solving the leap. And when they don't have
0: the... room for one of them, hey Jen's got a head cold this week. I didn't want her coughing yeah. in the office, which
1: makes perfect sense in the post-COVID world we live in. <laughs> there you go. And we just don't need them all to be there all, the, all time. the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, you're allowed to take a day off. You know, just everybody. you got to take a day off once in a while. Jen needs a day off. Addison certainly needs a day off. Ben doesn't get a day off. In fact, he doesn't even get to
1: sleep comfortably. <laughs> Really solid couple of episodes. Final thoughts. I, I kind of want to see somebody do a supercut edit of all the mythology style episodes. Oh, yeah. You know, like just put together all of the mystery and see if it really reads well.
0: I think we got to wait until it's all over because that's the trick with time travel. We can't think about what we've seen and the clues and the breadcrumbs in a linear fashion.
1: Oh, good point.
0: When I go back to saying like, what came first? ben's leap or martinez's leap until we know that there's no way we can reconcile everything we've seen then at that point once we know what happened to set all of this in motion only then can we really go back and see now does all this line up
1: okay my fear is that they'll come to a resolution that'll say actually martinez was doing this the whole time and you're gonna be like well then why the Did he say this, that, and the other? Let's
0: see. And then I think that if I end up having to go back and rewatch this season for anything, it's going to be just what I talked about the last hour. (laughs) It's going to be looking for times where Ziggy maybe wanted Ben to do one thing and Ben felt it necessary to do something different. That's what I'll be looking for.
1: Maybe Ziggy's been infiltrated by Lothos. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe
0: Lothos leaped into Ziggy. (laughs) What happens if we put a toaster in the (laughs) accelerator?
1: I just want Jen to show up one day with red eyes glowing and laughing like the devil. Oh man, there there we are. It's going to be her. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, two episodes in the bag here. Moving on to uh, another episode. We've got no preview. Two episodes left and nearing the end of a season here. Yeah. We've almost done it. (laughs) So close. I will be surprised when we put episode 16 in the can.
0: All right, folks. Well, if you have a mind to, don't feel pressured, but we'd love it if you would reach out to us on the email, as my dad calls it. The email. It's the email. Everything is the. qlpod at gmail.com. We're still Mm -hmm. on Twitter. I don't know why. Like, it's getting worse minute by minute over there, but I'm still over there. I think everybody
1: is still over there. At
0: Captain Byrne. At ActionNate. But man, until next time, second to last episode of the season, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here in the waiting room.